Hello, everyone. Welcome to That Triathlon Life podcast. I'm Eric Lagerstrom. I'm Paula Finley. I'm Nick Goldston. And I'm Chelsea Sadaro. Something is a little different here. This is a little different than what we normally do. This is like a peek behind the scenes of what we do every week before we release it online. But we usually do it very casually, and then Nick edits it so much to make it sound good. So this time, there's no editing happening. You're hearing it raw. We might make mistakes, but we are so thrilled to have Chelsea here with us, um, a good friend of ours and the Ironman world champion. And one of our... So you guys are not meeting for the first time right now. Can you tell me a little bit? Because I, I don't actually know the full story. How long have you guys known each other and how did that go? Um, I, can, I guess I can sort of kick it off, but uh, we actually all met each other down here in the San Diego area. When Chelsea got started in triathlon a bit, um, she came to train with our coach, Paulo Sousa, and we were in Carlsbad, so I'm in an Algo Norte pool, and we actually all lived together for, I don't know, was that like a week or two weeks? Or? Well, I think it goes back a little farther, Eric, because I joined the triathlon squad when you guys were based out of Poway. Oh, shit. We were in Poway for a year, and then we, we right. were actually staying at this um, Airbnb in Oceanside, kind of to ride out the end of the season, and Eric and I had become like pretty fast friends, and we're like sitting on the porch. And I'm like, Eric, how's it going? And he's like, Well, there's this girl. Oh. <laughs> How could I forget this? Wow. Oh, I feel Did terrible. you plant this? Did you tell her to say this? Is that what's happening here? This was, this was a long time ago. <laughs> he goes, There's this girl. I think I really like her. We're wow. talking all the time. <laughs> Wow, this is going a different direction than I thought. This is un- unprecedented. I hope I was the girl. Was I the girl? There was you. <laughs> well, I actually then moved to California to be around Eric. I switched coaches partly because of Eric and was got to train with Chelsea. So we were all a little training squad training for ITU at the time. Um, I was sort of dipping my toes in 70.3. Chelsea hadn't done a 70.3 yet. You were still committed to the World Cup uh, circuit. So, yeah, I think even Steve was with us in the apartment packing up Chelsea's husband. Um, and, yeah, those were good memories, but a very different time. A very different time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's a little background. I would like to say thank you so much to On and Communal Coffee for putting this on. This is crazy. We've never done something like this. It's something that Eric and Paul and I have talked about, and Eric just like dreams about this every night, like the community, the TTL community, how to make this thing grow, and everyone feel like we're all connected. And we've, I mean, we know it a little bit from social media and online, but to see real bodies in a room like this is crazy. It's very surreal. So thank you all for coming. This is yeah. amazing. Super special. How'd everyone like the on shoes that they wore? The cloud surfers. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. Thank you to Hannah, Maria, everyone that made that happen. That was really fun. That was really cool. Um, also, we have, as if you can't, if you didn't tell already, there's food in the back, and it's F R E E, so you can eat as much of it as you want. Uh, uh, and we also have uh, Maria has been passing out posters. Do we still have more, Maria? Yeah. Yep. So we'll have more, and pens. Great. So we'll have more after the recording as well. Uh, and we have hats. Uh, TTL. We're selling hats here also after the recording. And one of them is this, one of them is the one Eric's wearing, and then there's one more blue one. Yeah. Those um, are all the logistics. Yes, that's it. Okay, so now we're going to start with a little game. 
that we usually do on the podcast. It's called This or That. This or That with TTL. Beautiful. A lot of musicians out there. I like that. Okay, so the first one, we're going to do it like this. I'm going to ask each of you guys to tell me your answer. And then we're going to do a crowd participation piece here, too, if you guys behave. So first one, for Saturday, would you rather glassy flat or gnarly waves? Eric, you first. Double overhead. Double overhead, gnarly waves. Woo! Yeah? All right. Paula? I'm going with glassy flat. Glassy flat. Chelsea? Except I'm in the middle. Oh, God. That was not, that was not one of the potential answers, Chelsea. <laughs> Fired. Okay, now, in the audience, give me a woo-woo if you want glassy. Okay, okay. Now give me a woo-woo if you want double overhead. Woo-woo! Okay, on the glass. You guys are safe. Triathletes, we like our pool swimming. I get it. Okay. <laughs> okay, next, would we want windy or rainy for Saturday? If you had to pick. Eric, downpour or hurricane? Not hurricane, just regular rain. Or regular rain. I think I'll go with the rain. Rain, okay. I think I might go with the rain, actually. Mm-hmm. Chelsea? I like Kona, so wind for yeah, sure. Yeah, wind. I think wind oh, for yeah. me too. I have bad rain juju I, that I can't relive. What about, okay, let's hear for rain? Wind? It's just this front. I think the wind people the wind. are just louder. Yeah, that's right. I th- I th- they used to think that if you liked the wind, you were crazy back in like the old days. Uh, next, last one here. Okay, you're on the race course. You're feeling bad. It's clear to you and everyone around you that you're feeling bad. Would you rather someone say, you're looking great? Or would you rather have someone just kind of like look the other way and pretend like you don't exist? Like, does that, does that encouragement help or hurt? I think I'll take ignore my existence, please. Okay, great. <laughs> suffer and empower Paula. myself. I'll take the pretend you're doing great. Okay. I'll take the pretend you're doing great. I, I don't like to be patronized. Just pretend I'm not there. Okay, what about you guys? Pretend you're doing great. Ignore me completely. I don't exist. Yeah, I, I, I came up with that one. That one was funny. Yeah, that was, we're in the kitchen this morning like, what can we ask? What can we ask? Um, okay, so we're going to move on to questions now. We're going to try to do three questions. And then if we have time, we have to end at 530. If we have time, we're also going to do some audience participation questions. So if you have any things you'd like to ask world champions and fastest people in the world, this is the place to do it. Just so everyone knows, uh, our style of podcast is we source questions from our community every week and I go through probably a hundred emails a week and pick good ones that we want to answer on the podcast and we did the same thing with this live podcast so these aren't staged they're not pretend they're true questions we got from people that emailed into us and we thought might be applicable to, for Chelsea to answer as well so but we didn't even ask specifically for questions for Chelsea we, we do have a couple of good ones but yeah yeah great so here's the first one if I can read uh, okay so the first is a qualifier here Uh, I'm an age grouper, mom of two toddler boys, and a military spouse. My training time is usually spent pushing a stroller or pulling a trailer, and I swim at a gym that has childcare hours, which happens to coincide with their water aerobics class. That's too bad. Um, (laughs) My question is, when do y'all train in your tri-suits? I feel a bit silly running around my neighborhood, crashing grandma's pool time, or biking with the family in a full getup, LOL. Always feels a bit foreign on race day, and I think that's just because I'm not training enough in it. Love the pod. Thanks, Christy. Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, We don't usually train in our tri-kits, but I could see where it might help with some comfort and just making sure it doesn't chafe, making sure it's comfortable. Um, Do you ever train in your tri-kit, Chelsea? I don't do a whole lot of training my tri-kit, but I do try it out before race day. Like, I'll like do, one time? I mean, ideally a couple times, mm-hmm. but at least once, especially with the wetsuit yeah. or with the um, 
swim skin. Mm. Definitely that. Taking it for a swim and yeah. like figuring Taking out how to like swim. maybe adjust it just right so that it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. yeah. But I could see how you might feel a bit goofy riding the bike around in it, but I think it's fine. I kind of think, think we're think. All, yeah, um, we're all just like <laughs> Dorks doing our okay. thing right. for your, for your elite athlete bodies, I'm sure. But I'm gonna chafe, so it's just about where am I gonna chafe, so I know where to put the yeah vibe on because research, yeah, research exactly. It's like right, it's gonna be a problem. Where is it gonna be a problem? Sorry, everybody, I'm doing science. Yes, science. exactly, exactly. Yeah, cool. And also, if you're gonna wear it once, are you wearing that only in the swim? You're not gonna try to run in it. You're not gonna try to bike in it. I would maybe try to bike in it, like make sure I know the chamois situation, yeah. make sure the fit's right, like I don't have too much drag or any weird seams or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd try and bike and run in you it. You could do that on the trainer if you're self-conscious oh, about yeah. it. <laughs> right, right. And this will be your first race in your new track kit, is that right? It will be. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you revealed it to the world yet or we get to see it on sun- on Saturday? I think there may have been a little preview uh, today on my Instagram. <laughs> Um, Everyone go check that no out. Offense to, no offense to anyone else, but I'm fairly certain I will be the best dressed on set. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know they own an apparel brand, right? We're going to fight later. Wow. Wow. That's great. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that question, Christy. Uh, next question here. Chelsea, this pod talks a lot about swimming. Getting a video analysis in time with Paul Newsom helped you. Can you tell the listeners about the process? And also, maybe how that has translated into open water, if that's any different. Yeah, absolutely. I had a kind of rough start to my season last year, or what I thought was rough. In retrospect, I was being way too hard on myself. But I was getting on the bike and was super tired already, basically. And Paul took a look at my stroke and said, I think you should try kicking a little bit less and increasing your cadence in the water. Um, and it was a really easy, quick change to make. Like it wasn't a massive massive technique overhaul, but just having some cues like that and some reminders really paid off big time. And my next race after seeing him was Hamburg. And I ended up leading the swim there um, and having a great bike. So it was something that was like easy to to implement. Um, but I think, yeah, video analysis can be super useful. Was there anything that you were like, I had no idea that I did that. Like the, the, the proprioception was just like, whoa, that's not how I pictured myself. No, I thought I looked pretty good in the water. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel like every time I see myself swim on video, I'm like, that's not me. Yeah. No, no, I look way better than yeah, that. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've always wondered how much that would like, did it, was it like slowed down at all? Like, did you guys go like frame by frame like that? Or was it more like seeing it in motion that, that helped? Yeah, he took all sorts of like videos from different angles, from above the water, from in the water. So I got to see like all different aspects of my stroke and how I was like sitting on top of the water. So yeah, it's certainly helpful to have a visual cue like that. I don't know if it's something that I would do like every week, but maybe a couple times a year to check in on how things are looking. And yeah, it's easy. Like Eric said, we kind of across all three sports, we have an idea of like what it feels like to us and what it looks like to us. But sometimes it's helpful to get some like outside eyes yeah yeah have you guys done like a proper video i mean you obviously you see yourself swimming like you bring cameras in the pool all the time but have you ever done like a more scientific version of that uh and there was a coach in portland who was pretty good with stroke stuff that i had look at me on several occasions years back and then our coach paulo fancies himself a bit of a stroke technician and he would give feedback and occasionally take a video but nothing where it's like in an endless pool like yeah yeah like the level you go to with a retool or something 
<laughs> when I interrupt like that, Nick usually cuts I cut it that out. out. Yeah, thanks, Paula. Great. <laughs> um, I don't think it has to be fancy, though. I think Eric filming me underwater with a GoPro and me visually seeing it, I can make corrections myself that are quite simple. So if you have a friend who has an iPhone or a GoPro at the pool, that can be valuable. It's cheaper. It's you know a, a lot easier than going to a swim specialist if you don't have that opportunity. But yeah, there's lots of ways to kind of see yourself underwater. Totally, and I think after you've gotten that swim specialist, just getting a video every once in a while, just like, oh yeah, I am, I think I'm putting my elbow up, but I'm really not. That's good. Cool. And then our last official question here is from Rachel. Wow, this, as the day goes on, the text feels like it gets smaller. Hi, friends. My question is, how do you recommend that I explore my edge of discomfort? How can I learn how far I can push myself without breaking? Do I just have to blow up a few times to know where the edge is? Also, do you have any recommendations about focusing on RPE, which is rate of perceived exertion, versus power and pace? I wonder if I get too fixated on the numbers. I believe this is my major barrier to performing the way I want to. Thanks so much and can't wait to see you race at Oceanside. And I, I want to also do a little follow-up here. Do you think that that kind of that threshold of where you're like, I'm blown up or like, I can't go beyond this, do you feel like that has shifted as you've gotten fitter in your, throughout your athletic career? And are there some races where that that barrier also shifts or is there this like hard and fast physiological line that is like nope that's it and if you go over you're in real trouble I think as athletes we're like always trying to find that edge in training so that it's not so foreign in racing um, and there is this line also between not just blowing up but maybe getting injured or pushing yourself to the point where you're training so hard you can't recover and come back and back up your training so that is kind of a line we're always all looking for um, but ultimately if you've paced it right you get into a race and you can get into the zone and not feel like it's so unusual because you've done it in training before um, and yeah I think the line is constantly shifting as you progress and get fitter and get more race sharp um, along the way yeah, I had, um, I guess, just anecdotally an experience um, over the last couple of years as I got a little bit more into Xterra and mountain biking, where I did have a power meter on my mountain bike, but I would just, like, have the trail map pulled up or whatever, and some days, you know, we just get, like, the fourth time in a row that we had 10 by t 5 minutes or whatever, and I just decided I wasn't going to do that on TT bike, and I went and did it on the mountain bike instead, and not having that power there, and just, like, going as hard as I could, I, like, ended up going like, 20 watts higher than I was going on the road, just focusing on going hard so like that could be a thing that you could do is just like have the power meter running but just go out and go hard once every once in a while and see what happens yeah chelsea do you look at your numbers a lot are you very number driven when you train i'm much more number driven now with my coach dan plues he's a physiologist and so my training is super structured there's not a whole lot of like go out and see like, how you feel like smell the flowers or whatever <laughs> um, so uh, which I miss but um, no like my training is really calculated and and that gives me an idea of kind of what those like physiological parameters are that I, I should be aiming for on race day but for me um, like I come in with confidence like I get confidence from those numbers in training but when I'm competing I kind of let go of that a little bit and I allow myself to um, like seize the competitive opportunity and being around really fast athletes takes me to another level and sometimes I'll exceed even what I thought I could do in training like I enjoy training and I'm like pretty decent at training but I really love the racing and that's where I find out like what is possible for me and do you think when, when that line moves like for a race and you're like oh I can actually perform at a higher level of percentage of this 
how much of it is I'm willing to endure more of that discomfort versus no, I'm just so overcome with the grit and excitement that that discomfort is just quieter in my mind. Oh, that's a tough one. I think um, I think you get fitness even from super hard race efforts. Like I, I've done two Ironmans now and I feel like coming out of the other side of both of those, I've gained a lot of fitness and kind of new levels in my training because of those training blocks I did with those races. So certainly there's like a mental component of realizing that you're capable of more than you thought, but I think there's also a physiological benefit to like enduring those like long training blocks that we put ourselves through and then also that like super tough effort on race day. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's something I've always always curious about because I feel like as age groupers, we feel like this this difference in what we're willing to endure. But as a professional where you're like in front of everyone's eyes every time, it's like, do you have this pressure to always be at the maximum level that you have to perform at every time? It's just like mentally and emotionally exhausting. Yeah, but we also train more than you, Nick. (laughs) Wow. Shots fired. I think we also have such... You know, I've gotten a couple of questions since Kona, like, do I feel so much pressure now that I, like, won this race? And the reality is that we all put so much pressure on ourselves. Like, sure, there is extrinsic pressure when we do well and people think that we should maybe perform a certain way every time we show up. But the reality is that we have really high expectations for ourselves. And, like, I think that's where the main driver comes from. It's not from people watching us. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Yeah, cool. Well, those are all the official questions we have. So if anyone has a question they want to ask right now, just raise your hand. Someone raised their hand, but that, there's a phone in their hand filming us, so I don't think that counts. <laughs> so I've heard obviously pros say, you know, we will cramp a lot or, or whatever. Do you guys actually cramp? So the question is, do the pros actually cramp as well? Does that happen or is that just for us mere mortals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's so individual. I personally have never cramped in a race. Um, have you, Chelsea? That has not been one of my issues so far. Yeah. <laughs> Where's knock the, yeah, on knock wood. On wood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've cramped, but like not full lockup, like really close on the bike, and then it ultimately went away. I actually have that thing where you like where you cramp in the swim and your calves like oh, yeah. That's not lock bad. up on you. I think a lot of that comes down to nutrition and sodium, and if it's hot out, there's so many factors, but if you're training well and training with the fuel that you're going to race with, should be able to... Pacing properly. All that yeah, stuff. pacing properly. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. We, we have time for more, too. Don't be shy, people. Come on. We just ran together. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest tip for Oceanside is the question. All of you have done it before. Uh, so what do you think? I, w- I would say just like save a little something for the second half of the bike. Because you can get real excited going out on the old highway and it looks beautiful and you're feeling awesome and everything. But like coming back into town, sometimes there can be a headwind and it is real nice to not be exploded for that last 45 minutes. My tip would be to use the excitement of the crowd around the pier to look forward to on some of the lonely out and backs because you go pretty far down the coast here. Um, and it can feel pretty long on those sections, but you get to cross the pier four times. And that's where I get soaking up all the energy of everyone who's cheering. And Oceanside, the reason we come back every year is because of the atmosphere and the culture of triathlon here. And that's really where you can feel it. So even if you're lonely and suffering uh, and it's a little quieter out here at the turnaround, look forward to that every, every lap. Chelsea? 
Sure, I think that this course is kind of surprisingly challenging, but it's a really special one. So enjoy it. So many of the courses that we go to are just like flat and you're staring down at your TT bars all day. But this one is like, it's dynamic and there are hills and elements with the ocean swim and the bike, of course, and then some punchy spots on the run. So allow that to break it up for you and make it really interesting out there. Yeah, cool. All right, and maybe we have time for two more. So anyone? Yeah, right here. Favorite recovery tool or supplement? Well, Paul has been crushing the, uh, what are those, calf sleeves? You love those. <laughs> crushing the calf yeah, sleeves. Yeah, well, I'm here in that night. Like, yeah. No, well, when we travel far uh, in the van, I we just got a set of the Normatec calf sleeves. Um, and you can wear them when you're, when you're like passenger in a van or on the airplane. They're maybe not as good as the full boots, but they're a cool travel thing. And they kind of like take the inflammation out of your legs. So yeah, I've been liking those. And what, anything else? that I didn't bring up for you, sorry. No, that's a good answer, Nick. Okay, yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, do you have a favorite kind of thing? Uh, I, no, I'm draw, totally drawing a blank. <laughs> I, know, I know Eric's favorite recovery thing is come home, don't get out of your bibs and start editing photos, which is yeah. not yes. great advice, yeah. but. Editing excitement always takes the edge off. Yeah. Eric's really good at the protein shakes, actually, and he doesn't make fancy smoothies. He'll just mix like momentous or something with water, and that's a really fast way to get recovery in. He's pretty diligent about that. Wildly utilitarian with my yeah, yeah, recovery good. shakes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Better to have it that way than not have it at all. Chelsea, do you have a thing? I'm all about the snacks. Mm. Uh, I love the feed is what I use, and I order all sorts of different products on there to, to try. Right now I'm into the Goo Energy Labs chocolate protein drink, mm. and my hack is that I'll do the mix with some water, and then I'll put like a healthy splash of whipping cream in there. Oh. Whipping cream. Why not? No, that's great. That's the Chelsea Sodaro official now. The mocktail. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and we have one more. Did you have one? Someone here in the front? Sure. Yeah. Who's winning the race? <laughs> Me, probably. I'll, I'll win the race. Yeah. We're all friends, so yeah. whoever wins will be happy for them. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> it's a really unknown, the first race of the year. I feel like everyone feels... Like it's a bit of a test to see where their fitness is at and it's certainly not going to dictate your entire season necessarily so that takes some of the pressure off mentally i think to know that this is just a really good season opener the excitement is really fun and we have a lot of respect for our competitors and our friends who are racing against and know what it takes to race at this level so yeah it There's is funny. always surprises at this one totally yeah yeah i think it last year that was like you know i don't i don't know if a lot of people thought jackson would win and then he just really ran away with it at the end anything yeah. could happen absolutely no one would have guessed that no and that's why it's fun to watch this race it's fun yeah. to be i mean a triathlon's not known for being a spectator sport but i there's no other sport that i prefer to watch it's so fun to see especially when you know the people and you know the injuries and the drama and all the stuff it's you'll feel like you know each one of them watching your friends race almost Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's going to be it for the questions. I just want to say thank you again so much to On and Communal Coffee. Big cheer, round of applause for them. So, so cool. Um, look down at your shoes. Are those the shoes you came here with? <laughs> if they're not, remember to get your shoes back at the end. Yeah. Um, Hannah, is that good? Okay, great, great. Thank you so much again to On. Thank you so much to world champion Chelsea Sodaro. Thank you to Eric and Paul, obviously. And thank you so much to all of you. Whatever. Um, uh, but thank you so much to all of you guys for coming. This is like crazy, surreal dream scenario for us to have 
you in person. It's something we talked about so much at races, but it's like actually getting it organized. That's been amazing. It's and amazing. I also want to, before a big applause, thank Nick for everything he does. Um, I can't even list it all, but um, for this instant, the audio, the whole setup, everything he does with the podcast and just as a friend is, uh, could not do it without you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nick. We're going to do the posters. We're still going to hand those out. And Maria has um, Sharpies for signing them. There's food in the back. We're going to be hanging out. There's hats right here that either Eric or Paul or I or Sheila, Paula's mom, is going to be selling. Um, and then I encourage everyone to hang out. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. This has been a dream come true. We'll catch you all next week on the podcast. Bye.